Hey, what is up, guys? Um, John here once again, joined by Benny, Will, Glenn, and Jesse for the Collector's Company podcast. Um, just want to say thanks to everyone who keeps on watching it. We keep on hearing a lot more support in person, saying people are enjoying the podcast, and they're saying it is helpful just listening to some different opinions from us. So, yeah, really great that you guys are liking it. And, of course, um, you know, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. American Nationals just happened, really exciting stuff. And uh, we all have something that we took away from the event that's just crazy. But, um, yeah, we'll start off with you, Glenn. What, what was the most exciting part for you about this uh, this Nationals this year in America? Because uh, I'm going first, I'm the one that gets to say that A16 was the most exciting thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it was it was really cool. I think, overall, the fact that there were so many different leaders in Top Cut was good to see. Um, but, yeah, obviously, the most surprising thing, I guess, for, for the majority of the people watching was the fact that Android 16 has such a strong showing. And um, Jared Lopez, I think, the guy was the, yep. the guy playing it. He was awesome. Like, he really knew his deck, knew his matchups, and just showed out like it was awesome to see so i really enjoyed watching his games i also realized that if i play cell surge into that matchup i just hard lose so uh, <laughs> hopefully i don't see too many of those um uh, but yeah like it was, it was really enjoyable the the final match was actually excellent it uh, was between, yeah uh, i was gonna say um, between the two yeah i was gonna say normally a lot of the finals are blowouts but this is like a really like this is honestly like anyone could have won the final it didn't feel like it was like oh Andrew Duvall is going to win, or, like, Jared is going to win. It felt like it was fairly close. And, yeah, I think the Android 16 hype as well um, was awesome because, like, the deck's, like, not really being played, and it was probably the most unique deck that made Top Cut. Oh, to be fair, there was a lot of decks in Top Cut, right? But this is also, like, if you look at previous metas, it's just, like, never been, like, oh, one, one or two, pe like, people are playing 16, but it was, like, Jared kind of killed it with 16. Disclaimer for everyone who's just bandwagoning on 16 is actually a fairly hard deck to play. Len, like it's one of the decks I played historically, and it was one of the decks I was actually had had my eye on to play for nationals. So it was like really nice to see to get some more insight behind that deck. But it's not a deck I'd recommend everyone just being like, alright, I'll buy all the cards for it and just playing it tomorrow. Tomorrow playing it for Nazi. You actually have to like sit there and learn the deck because you can actually just throw the game instantly if you just sequence something. But um, that was definitely a really big takeaway. I think it was really cool seeing that deck in action. Yeah, and you're right, Glenn. Good, good. Uh, stealing that answer, you know. <laughs> what about you? What were you hyped for? Yeah. I mean, as you say, the diversity always good to see. As I say, my favorite deck, Golden Freezer, made a top sixteen showing. So I'm obviously happy about that. But it's honestly, just seeing a return to paper events, getting everything back into the swing of things, and as far as I understand, it all went pretty well like i haven't heard any complaints on any of the facebook groups about like anything going wrong on the organizational side or anything like that so seeing that come back has been very encouraging and whilst i would have loved for australia to be in that position yeah. as well there's always the next next sort of season for that yeah for sure for sure no one no one's saying it will be worth their while at this nationals which is always good mm. to hear uh, what about you benny what, what was your big takeaway what was your most exciting thing for nats besides uh, yeah, android 16 Pretty much you guys have summed it up as well. Like, honestly, I think the meta is really diverse, so it's really healthy. I think we had, like, 10 leaders that were, yeah, 10 leaders in top cut, like, different yes. leaders. That's pretty, yes. pretty insane. And another thing is, yeah, obviously higher Dragon one, so I'm pretty happy with yeah. that. And it's actually quite similar to the build which I played at Locals um, last week. So this was way before uh, NA Nats already, so... Yeah. I mean, it's good to know that I was on the right track. I don't really build decks, you know. I just put all the yellow good stuff together. And, you know, it turns out actually that all the decks are actually quite similar. So, yeah, I was definitely yeah. on the right track. So, and yeah, I mean, Andrew Duvall won, you know. It was also one of our picks, you know, for yeah. last week, you know. It was our honorable mention. So, yeah, definitely happy that he won as well. And all the players, like, all the stream games are actually really 
pretty good as well. So I yeah. learned a lot from all the games. Yeah. Like, there was, I think there was plenty to watching from sideboarding as well. Like, a lot of people, you can tell, like, for example, Andrew Duval's sideboard, literally, he even said it in an interview after one, 10 cards in his sideboard <laughs> was specifically for the Cell Surge matchup. He just did not get his hand destroyed. So it's, like, interesting <laughs> to see that, like, um, we were talking about last week as well. Like, oh, yeah, you have to learn what to sideboard for. Don't, like, sideboard for a matchup. You're probably going to win already. Sideboard for, like, certain matchups, right? Andrew Duval took that that message to heart. He's like, all right, we're only sideboard for Cell Surge this event, you know? And we're just not losing that matchup for sure. So that was pretty interesting. The thing is, that, that sideboard actually ended up coming in clutch against Jared specifically because if you look yeah. at game three, I'm pretty sure he had, like, resolved three Deboras onto the board yeah, um, against like Jared. That. Yeah, and yeah. at least two or three of the Gohans, I think, as well, that yeah. come into play and draw. Yeah. So, yeah, like his his side that was for Cell Surge ended up being like huge in that yeah, kind huge. of grindy A sixteen matchup too. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, you go, you go, where we go. I was just saying, interestingly though, maybe they didn't come up on camera, but I don't believe I saw any draw rapes from him in that match either. So. Yeah. Sort of interesting to see a player come. On. I haven't actually seen the list. So I don't know if they're in there. And yeah, they he, he has four. So. His sideboard for, yeah. uh, if I remember correctly, it was four draw apes. Three of the one drop Gohan for, for the other leader has mm -hmm. the effect, like the Bora, where when it's discarded by an opponent's skill, you can play it. The difference between being the two of them is that the Gohan is free, but it only draws one card, whereas the Bora, you're paying one to draw two. And then I think he had two Koitsukai, and then I want to say three of the Vegeta Unison. I believe that was his sideboard or something like that. That's just off the top of my head after looking it up before. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is yeah. It's just those five cards. Yeah. Um, Very simple. Yeah, one yeah. thing I was genuinely surprised about, um, the lack of set 15 cards in top 16. Yes, he had four of Turtles and the Goku, but other than that, I feel like there were so many cards that just were not used that should have been played in the top cut. Obviously, like for red, for example, and black, like those car those two colors w didn't really get generic support. But I think for like blue, like I was surprised, like Jared and like, for example, right? Um, he wasn't playing um, any of the new Carver and Hit stuff. I can see why like, he wouldn't play Hit in his 16 deck because you want to ramp into the boo. But Carver seems like if he had a Carver in his sideboard, maybe he would have had a better time answering the... Um, the I'm having Lord a mental block here. Lord Slug? Lord, uh, King's, King Slug, King Slug, according to Will. And yeah, oh, King, Slug, King Slug. King Slug, King Slug. King Slug and Poutine. Yeah, I feel like there was just some up tech options that weren't really explored enough. For um oh. from the new set, I just personally think. What do you guys think about that? I did yeah, see. He... Oh, sorry, Benny, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I mean, I did watch his uh, deck profile, so he did mention uh, two specific cards that he would consider siding in after versing Andrew Duvall, mm -hmm. which was uh close quarters, and uh, also and, uh, yeah. yeah, and the card. Yeah. I, watched, I watched that profile as well. <laughs> yeah. So if you watch his deck profile, like like what we said last week, uh, what Glenn said as well. I remember, like you know, if you're gonna net deck someone, watch their deck profile, learn what has worked for them and what doesn't and then you know, yeah. you, know yeah. you can side in those new cards and try it out yourself now and out of the yellow decks i did see a few copies of forbidden power floating around yeah. i know kintasi was playing one in his golden freezer main over one of the vegeta final flashes i know uh who was playing sin in the top 16 i know the top 16 sin deck had one or two and we did discuss uh, um, Eon I, think, like, I think one of them yeah, yeah. And last week we did discuss that our Forbidden Power combined with Sin's Abundance of Blockers is a very strong combination there. So it seems that, again, this was a, an idea that some of the other teams in the US had as well. And I'm pretty sure I saw at least one or two of the uh, Gohan decks running around with that card. Jury's still out for me on that one, so I'll be interested yeah. to see sort of how they got use out of it and uh, how it played for them. 
Yeah, I think like for that card specifically, like as you were saying, it does it, it works really well off blockers. Like, oh, okay, you're not fully stopping the attack with the counter skill, but if you just combine it with a blocker, it's kind of like you know, it is kind of like negating the attack to an extent. Exactly. So that's much like that's why it's pretty good. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, um, I feel like there could have been a couple more tech options explored. Like for example, the King Cold deck didn't yeah. like really touch anything from set, um, from the latest set. And I think there isn't, there isn't like a crazy amount of cards that you could add into King Cold from the new set. Um, the big one coming to my mind is the um common Grade Eight Vegeta, the one that you can pay two energy if you have a field in play. Fun fact: King Cold starts with the field, and then it has blocker, and every time it attacks, it's like some master they have to rip a card of the hand. I feel like cards mm -hmm. like that could have been explored a little bit more. But um, that's just my opinion. Uh, I could be completely wrong. Maybe this new set's trash. I don't know. But it's just kind of like the vibes I was getting. It just felt like there could have been like more things. Because even like, let's just say now the card isn't crazy or whatever. A big thing for these events is just throwing people off. Like if your opponent sees a card they haven't seen before, they're like, wait a minute. I need a read. What is this? Android 16. You know? Yeah, Android 16. <laughs> yeah. I think the whole world knows what that deck does now. <laughs> Funnily yeah, enough. I, I will say with the King Cold example specifically, I think... The problem there is, one, King Cold is already, like, a very tight, very tuned list, sort of like Cell Search, so it's very hard to find space for the new tech. And considering that it's very similar to Zamasu, which is a fantastic card, but your answers for Zamasu are going to answer this, your play patterns for Zamasu are going to play this, and this is a worse card than Zamasu once it's on the field. Sure, it's a bit easy to bring out. Yeah. Uh, means that that surprise factor I don't think really comes into play here in the same way it might with the Carbo out of blue that you've been mentioning, for example. Yeah. That was just an example. Actually, yeah. speak, speaking of cards that actually did get played, how many pan mm. SCRs were in the top card? Does anyone know? It was like 16 or 15, Ooh. something like that? <laughs> something crazy? Prob probably. Every deck except uh, the two blue decks, right? Yeah, I believe I so. I mean, uh, sorry, not two blue decks. I think it was like two Soul Strikers? I think a 21 and a 16. So like, uh, And there was a Soul Striker, so there were three yeah. blue decks. Oh, there was two Soul Strikers, right? There was two Soul Strikers. There was two Soul Strikers. Oh, no, there was SS3 Reboot. SS3 Reboot, sorry. Was yeah. there SS3 uh, Reboot? I'm pretty sure there wasn't. I thought it was two Soul Strikers. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, no, it's my bad. Yeah, Soul Striker uh, Reboot. The four bad. blue decks were the 16, the uh, 21, and the two Soul Strikers. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the yeah, Soulstrikers yeah. decks was pretty cool. Actually, that's some really interesting tech. I remember the one of the cards that stuck out was that uh, Lavender, the one that like that yellow card that can tap two cards once per game. It seems kind oh, of cool. Oh yeah, that's Kevin's cool. deck. Yeah, that was, yeah, that that was, was a cute cool. deck. Actually, I kind of like it as well. His his deck was pretty interesting. He also yeah. played the four drop sin. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, the black the yeah, black yeah, sin. Yeah, the black sin. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Kinda, the one where cool. it's like you can spirit boost one untap and all the card yada yada yada. It's like. That's like yeah. five or six keyword skills. Not five, it's four or five, sorry. It's crazy. Barrier, deflect, Barrier, blocker. double strike, deflect, blocker, yeah. Spirit boost. Spirit, spirit boost is wow. my favorite keyword. My favorite keyword, you know? It's <laughs> a keyword skill. It is. Yeah, I'll, just, red. I'll just say quickly, um, to, it might be a bit late in the US, but yeah. to the Aussie guys, um, definitely pick up your pans as soon as you can because uh, the the hit rate for us was only like one in six cases. Like, I don't, you know, create... like. It's really it's hard to pull, and us few guys are selling it for you know around the three hundred two fifty mark on the Facebook group. So like, I think you should pick it up definitely if you are if you want that card. So yeah. bit of a market watch. Yeah. Uh, pan, pick it up, pick it up now. Yeah, I actually want to go back into that pan point actually. So sure. I was surprised at how playable it was. I after te after first reading it, my initial impression was is this card as good as Kai? And I was like, eh, it's okay. And then I tested, started testing the card in decks. It's like, wait a minute, this, this shit feels pretty good. You're telling me I can play this card for free on turn two? Not bad, not bad. And then it's like, the more I played this pan card, the more I could appreciate the value. 
So I can understand why all these players were playing it in the top cut, but is it ever, you just think for a second, it's like, all right, Pen stops a turn, and also on top of that, steals like any battle card, but I can like wipe an entire board still, including Unisons, which is still like one of the rarest things in this game, having a form of Unison removal. Do you think people are going to see all these guys playing Pan um, in the US and be like, all right, friendship with Kai's over, Pan's my new best friend this weekend, you know, like that meme, like literally. What do you guys think about that? Start with you, Will. I think it's possible. I mean, I think part of the factor here is as well... Ka I mean, Kai is an expensive card. Pan's an expensive card. Card acquisition is a thing, especially we're on a webcam event. Those events, fairly or not, are looked at with a little bit less prestige. People might be wanting to put in a, a little bit less effort because even if Pan's a bit better, is it that much better than Kai that you're willing to drop that, you know, 250, 350 on the card if you don't already have it? It's a question for some players. Yeah. Uh, as for overall, I think it does a lot of good things, but yeah, it's just how important do you think that unison interaction is? That said, as we've seen time and time again, zero mana is a lot less than one mana. Yeah. <laughs> like, just put, put it in plain English, so. Yeah, that is very true. What do you think about that, Benny? Do you reckon you're with uh, Pan players or Kai players? Oh, honestly, I'm 50-50 on both of them. They both have their merits, and they're both really good as well. So depending on the matchup, so I'll just bring up a deck, for example. If you're playing a higher dragon, I think you actually... Just say you're versing Android 16. I think you prefer to have the Kai over the Pan. So they are situational, and like I think it's based on scenarios. So like, yeah. Sometimes you would think, man, if only I had a Kai The here. other one, for example. Yeah. yeah. One of the other. Say for example, yeah, for example, if you're playing the Zero, um, you probably want a Pan, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think Pan is better than Mirror. I think that's why most of the people play Pan in the high dragon decks. This is just an example, but honestly, actually, I think still the their Pan. Is... True, true. You double still, yeah, double yeah. still. I do the think highest. it's fifty-fifty, but uh, Pan going forward, if there is some sort of um, aggro deck that becomes really relevant, obviously Pan will be the mandatory SCR because, yeah. like you said, it's free. It's why free. Not? Yeah, will is right on the money. It is free. Yeah. What, do you, what do you reckon, Glenn? Do you reckon there's like Pan significantly better, or what do you reckon? Um, I was looking at, in general, for example, I was surprised because, like, I'm pretty sure Jordan Marco was running an inner Cell Surge it, deck. He was playing it, yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, and, like, obviously, Cell Surge has a couple of decent options, but the fact that you can get that sort of Nimbus effect for free um, kind of gives you potentially more stall. Um, however, one of the things that I think Cell Surge typically struggles against is the these decks that kind of build a really wide board really quickly um specifically that like android 16 matchup at some point jared had so many cards on the field like it was just ridiculous how many sort of bodies he had developed and there's not really a good way for cell search to kind of deal with all that stuff so i think in those situations once you're into those sort of turn fours turn fives kai would have more value um because, you know, for potentially two energy, for you to be able to swing that much tempo back in your favor is, like, potentially huge. But across the earlier turns, I mean, it's gated already anyway, but across the first few turns, it's not going to do much. It's just going to be dead in your hand, and it might feel bad to, to potentially have it just sitting there staring at you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and I think... Yeah, I, just in those clutch situations, that the Nimbus effect is probably yeah. too important. Yeah, um, okay. for free. 
Three, of yeah. course. Yeah. Three. yeah, that's the 50, big thing. 50 50. Yeah. Like, so I think we're all yeah. in. I think we're all in agreement that Kai's effect is definitely better, but the, it's free real estate if you use Pan. The fact that it's free just makes it so much easier to play the earlier turns. I think that's kind of like the vibe we're all getting from that. Um, and we. Yeah, and also we talked a lot about the 16 deck. We can go in a bit more detail about it. So what? It, obviously, 16 impressed, took the world by storm yesterday. The cards skyrocketed in price. Every every 16 stand, myself included, came out of their basements and started being like, hey, this deck exists, you know? Like, so we're all chilling, you know? So what, what do you guys think? There are thousands of us. <laughs> the robots gang rise up. <laughs> but yeah, so what, do you guys, what are your guys' big takeaway from the deck? Because I think that's the deck that really shook the world i'll just quickly like get my opinion out there i briefly talked about before i think the deck is good i think it's a solid option for sure my thing about the deck um specifically um is that one it's very hard to play because it's the only deck that does what it does i feel like a lot of people will miss sequence if they just see this deck and just start playing it and want to take it to a big event like straight away that's just like personal opinion just seeing like this happened in the past <laughs> Hey, I'm not, I'm not looking at anyone in particular, but you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying how I think. But like, I think, I think if I think players that have already learnt how to play the deck in the past and already have an understanding of how the deck functions, I think they'll be pretty happy that they kind of got enabled to another option. But I do feel like a lot of players are gonna get baited into playing this deck and just shit the bed. <laughs> That's just my oldest opinion. What do you guys reckon? Start off with anyone that you guys can pick. I always nominate someone, someone can nominate, someone just takes the stage. I nominate Will first. <laughs> but so, just before we start, yeah, so also, like, what, just so if you guys could talk about, like, why do you think this deck was able to fly under the radar so easily? Like, you know, nobody saw it coming, just like, what, yeah, is it literally just a, is it just a case of this, of the pilot playing perfectly, or um. is yeah, mm. I, I can answer this. I feel like I'm probably, yeah. I know I'm not I'm talking a lot, but I feel no. like I'm literally like the only one I've known that actually has played this deck. Mm. That's why I'm talking a lot. So the reason why this deck has not been played is because there's literally no reason to play blue, um, blue green over blue yellow until the blue um, yellow nerfs, right? Like blue yellow had Zamasu hitting unisons, uh, specifically blue unison, for example, which is like one of the main win conditions of the Android 16 deck. And on top of that as well, um, you have access to Bojack, so you literally get more arrival energy per turn. And the thing about it as well is that the biggest thing uh, for 16-2 is that um, it does, funnily enough, like even though like the hand thing was kind of deceptively good, it's like in a meta that is ruled by Zamasu, the main thing of the deck, which is the Boo Unison, is like you can't play the deck straight up. The, like Zamasu not only stops the ramp ability if they're going first, <laughs> It also stops the um. It stops you playing your best card in the deck, the card that actually enables you to draw on the backside. And on top of that as well, when 16 first came out, the deck was horrible because there was only two arrival 16 cards. Slowly over time, Bandai's released a promo 16 and then a new SR 16, which have just been the hidden glue the deck needed to stick together. And now it's like kind of just been like under the radar. And another thing as well, um, Jared actually really nicely showcased this. A lot of people who play the blue-green ramp combination see it as a much slower deck. So it's like you're, you're trying to ramp until you're like big. It used to be the Android 21, but that card got banned because, you know, most decks in Monocolor would be free win. But now you're trying to, like, most people tunneled in on the win condition being the blue-green Android um, 18 and 17 combo. But the deck can actually go really aggressive. Like, he was playing it every, like, I'm pretty sure if he could awaken, he would awaken instantly. He didn't care. He just wanted to start arriving, so... I think he was the first player in the world to crack the um how to a uh, new perspective to play the deck, and it was also because the blue yellow nerfs made it relevant in the meta for once. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like uh, based on those that haven't watched his deck profile, like literally he says, yeah, you want to awaken as soon as possible because like 
the being able to combo 10 on both players turn is actually insane you know like and obviously the new card that they got uh disengaged which is the new newest sr that they have like card is cracked honestly like it uh, it's actually got some really funny interactions as well like mm-hmm. you know when your opponent swings you block and then you activate battle pop it they lose yeah. a marker just like, like one of the funniest interactions that i learned as well is like actually if you, your opponent's going for game with the unison double strike it oh i'm safe here you know they're just and yeah, then they block yeah. and then do this shenanigan. You're just like, oh, I lose a marker, down tick, lose your double strike. See you later. And then, yeah, yeah like, honestly, there's a lot of uh, unique interactions. Like, I mean, I haven't played the deck, but I did think about playing the deck, you know? But, yeah, like, it's actually not a bad deck. It's pretty good. I've seen John play it a lot, so, yeah. I've only I played really it good. this week. <laughs> it's legit I've played. Oh, and I've also looked at the uh, bots, so they're pretty much like, yeah. I've been reviewing how 16 yeah. plays. So, yeah, it's it's really nice watching Jared play. It was yeah, he played really insane. It was a piece of artwork. Yeah, he was pretty, he was pretty good at the game. What did, you say, what did you say, Sarah Wolf? Oh, I just said absolutely. Yeah. Going on another thing that I really liked about the deck, uh, so uh, I think Bad Omen's really good. Like, having an alternate win con, like, I was telling John this the other day as well, like, legit, having Bad Omen, like, anywhere yeah. in your hand, in your life, like, yeah, opponent's energy. already on one less life, you know, like, so, and most of them are down to four themselves anyway, so yeah. what, they're playing with, like, three life, essentially. All you need to do is three damage to secure the game, you know, pretty much, so, honestly, like, having that alternate win con with the burn, it is actually really, really insane. Bad Omen, whenever it's found a home, has been a fantastic card. It hasn't had a home until now. Now it does. It's just going to win your games. It's just think, so free. I think it's had a home, but it's just like the decks are kind of mean like bad. Like, blue-greens are bad. Like, is it, I, even though 16 did insane, blue-green isn't actually that good of a color combination. It's kind of like... This Android 16 deck kind of fits the same, like, category, like, I'd describe Sin Shenron, where it's kind of, like, its own archetype in this color, like, Sin Shenron literally has all its, like, Sin Shenron cards, and then a couple of yellow tech. Android 16's essentially the same, where it's mainly all its blue-green good stuff, being the 16 cards, and, like, just Android cards specifically, I guess, and then you have the blue hatch and all that other stuff, so, it's kind of like its own color, in a sense, is, like, the point I'm trying to get across, so. Yeah. I think, um, the biggest thing that I, I think, well, the biggest thing I realized with the Android 16 deck is like every single game he would ramp turn two, like without fail, he would hit his ramp. And that meant he had turn three unison live yeah. and slamming that four cost unison on turn three is crazy, like in terms of the, the yeah. advantage that it generates. Um, but it's like, it's weird because it's kind of a control deck in terms of being able to use the unison and, and abuse like what it does. But on top of that, by being able to extend with beans, constantly arriving from your energy as well. Um, and then like there was, I think there was one of the games I watched where he like zamasu one of his 16s and then zamasu did Zamasu and then zamasu did Zamasu again. Yeah. And like the Pressure. low energy cost, high advantage generation of what he was able to do, like it was really impressive. And, um, and the fact that he essentially didn't need a hand half the time because you yeah. like like you said you get the free 10k combo on on both turns mm-hmm. and then you you're constantly playing from your energy anyway so it doesn't really matter what's in your hand and what's not like it, uh, yeah i was really impressed with it but just that that turn three boo unison is disgusting yeah i think um there's been a handful of decks that could have done it like i remember i can't remember who i was talking to it was when the new bojack card like the that deck was first announced i like i remember my idea 
Because Boo Unison is actually like such a just insane, crazy card, right? My yeah. idea to get Boo Unison out early in the Bojack deck, alright, you play Zeno on your turn two, you hope it doesn't die, you chill in. Turn three, you ramp one and you play Boo Unison. That was like the strat to get it out turn three in that deck specifically. I think, like, yeah, I think Boo Unison. I think it's safe to say it's probably one of the, if not the best Unison in the game. Like, once it sticks on board, it feels like you cannot lose. Well, you can't, you can't die until it's cleared more or less. You can't lose, like, you can lose every game, but, like, it's such a just, just fantastic unison. Just does so much yeah. for four. So, I'm kind of unsurprised if it got hit on a list, just because I feel at some point people will whinge about it enough that something will get done. <laughs> I think um, there's only a handful of decks that exploit the uh, ability to play it out early, though. Like, you could do my niche Xeno combo, but that's not ever going to happen. Like, maybe there's, like, there's the Zamasu yeah, SS4 is a really good deck that used to play it all the time. Yeah. Like, remember when SS4 was in its peak when it had Galactic Buster? So, mm. yeah, honestly, like they just ramp, you know, and they get it out pretty much on the same turn, like turn three as well if they wanted to. Yeah. So, and do you guys that think that deck um, has seen a lot of success? Do you guys think if, uh, peop, you know, in the, leak, in the week leading up to Nats, people were, you know, testing against A16 with their mates, you know, like preparing to face it, like, you know, as much as you know, other decks like High Dragon and Gogeta Zeno and everything. If they were if they were practicing for that matchup, would it have got second place? I think that I'll, I'm willing to say that the way that Jared played the deck, it's like this is the beautiful thing about this game. You can do really well with any deck, especially in this meta. The the level of mastery that Jared had over that deck was just phenomenal. It didn't matter that it's like, oh, his opponents have to read his cards. When it gets to the point, like most, when you get to top table, yeah, and you're versing good players, they will probably know vaguely what your deck does. Like maybe not exactly yeah, all the lines yeah. of play, but they'll vaguely know. But like Jared played it phenomenally well. I don't think, I think if it was a different player, I don't think they would have made it to top cut. And the other players, John. Like, no, <laughs> shut up, Benny. Yeah. The other thing I want to note there as well, and it kind of comes back to what John was saying about the deck build and all that, Android 16 is a very difficult deck to build because I feel there's a lot of deck building traps that you can fall into there. Like, we didn't see any of, like, the carvers from set 16, which was sort of, like, the big hype thing that got people looking at the deck again. We did not see any of the negate from the anniversary box that allows you to play the uh, Android 16 from your hand. Uh, which is seen a lot in those Android 16 decks. We didn't see anything like that. It was a very, very disciplined Android 16 deck, and I think the exact configuration there was very important. So I feel even if another team did, and maybe another team did glom on to the fact that, hey, 16 is actually pretty powerful, it might be a contender, I'm not confident they would have had a deck so tuned to really practice against, and that may have made them underestimate the deck, and I do think a lot of that deck's power was in the tuning, as well as, as John says, and as Benny have said, the skill of the pilot. Yeah, I think you actually raise a really fantastic point, because it's like, it's again, it's honestly one of those decks that kind of builds itself. You kind of see it as like, alright, you want to put all your 16s in there, and then you kind of just call, then you'd like, alright, I'm playing blue, so put hatch in there too. Oh, blue bean, alright, D magic negate. <laughs> like, the deck actually really does build itself. There's not that much, like, flexible spots unless you want to go over 50 cards where even then i think because of how the deck is and you do really really need to see that ramp you kind of want to just chill on 52 cards i think is like max but um yeah and, and, and yeah as we all said there's so many cards you can play but it's just like you can just ruin your deck if you add just too many random mm -hmm. cards and i think i think again he did make the jared did make an amazing yeah. deck yeah. to answer your oh sorry 
I was just going to say the last point on that is as well, the other sort of weakness of that deck is it doesn't draw on its backside, and its front side is contingent on you playing a critical mass of androids you can discard, because of course the way it draws is when it attacks, you discard a blue or a green android, you draw two cards. So if you are putting in a lot of those sort of off, off techs, you know, like the art uh, negate, like uh, extra negates or whatever have you, you're going to be diluting your android count, which will lead to hands where you don't get to draw in those first couple of turns, and that's just going to cripple you. Yeah, I think um, sort of specifically to Jesse's question as well, if people had tested or expected there to be a sort of strong showing from Android 16, I think it would have not necessarily impacted Jared too much as any other players that were playing it, but people would have understood a little bit more what to expect. Like I think there was um in the last cut in the last Swiss round, sorry, there was um <clears throat> a game between Marquise and Jared, I believe, was the last round yeah, of Swiss. I think, yeah, that was um, it, yeah. And I think in in the first game, Marquise ended up spending a bunch of cards out of his hand protecting his slug that was on the board um when jared was swinging into it and that just put him further and further behind because he's not he wasn't specifically looking to be drawing from other effects anyway um and so the fact that marquis just kept spending cards defending that slug and defending that slug and then like eventually just let it go he would have just in the second game like the first swing that went into that slug he was like all right cool it can die and he like he had to change his strategy up straight away but yeah. if you practiced in that a16 matchup you probably understand that a bit better and you make mm. better decisions in that sort of small moment, small yeah. moments in the early turns yeah mm. absolutely yeah so basically general consensus is that uh don't bandwagon A16, everyone. You, you might have a bad time on the weekend. But... Hey, Benny, you writing down notes? Or... <laughs> yep. Time to write down my notes. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, I just, just want to say a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, just want to wish luck to, you know, wish uh, everyone good luck to all the Aussies competing this weekend. Um, you know, of course, I'm going to be supporting you guys, but, you know, there's like a lot of... You know, I've got a lot of good customers all around Australia that, um, you know, I'll be happy, like, if they do well. And, but, of course, you guys come first, so, you know. Time to but, go. yeah, uh, you know, wish the best of luck to everyone playing. And, uh, of course, congrats to um, Andrew Duvall for winning uh, US Nats. Um, so, I just want to, on, on the talk of, topic of Andrew, um, just for some of the new players that might tune into this, like, what makes Higher Dragon mechanically so good? Like, why... You know, it had the most representation in the top 16. Like, what what is it about High Dragon? Obviously, you know, it wasn't really any of the blue, like the blue yellow stuff that was pushing it over the edge. Like, what uh, what what makes it so good? Well, Benny? yellow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think Benny's best answer this question since yeah, he has won with it. this deck and he also plays it a lot already. Yeah, honestly, the deck is pretty good. Like, what makes it over the top is because, like, you can pretty much, like, you know, self-awaken and draw a card. Like, being able to do that, like, you can draw so many cards with the deck. Like, literally, your hand is, like, a... Balloons. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And honestly, yellow has a lot of good, like, cards as well. Like, honestly, we all love the yellow cards as well. Like, you know, Final mm -hmm. Flash, Power of the Super Saiyan. Like, we've always been talking about these cards. Like, you know, generically, like, being able to use all these cards as well with such a draw-heavy leader... And you can probably play like one offs and two offs, and you can probably still see them consistently in the deck based on how much cycling you do through the deck. So, yeah, it's honestly the deck is really good because of how much it draws. Okay, and what's like the strategy to to play it? Or, like... Honestly, the strategy kind of changes. You have to really know your matchups as well. So, 
I mean, anyone can pick up a, a high dragon deck and probably perform like somewhat okay. decent with it. But like when you're playing with the high level events, like just say you're playing the finals against like a mirror match or something like that, like you really have the player who shows understanding of the deck, like will probably win. I think, um, yeah, I think another thing about it as well is that historically speaking. Yellow has been the most disruptive color in the game. Um, even though it doesn't seem like much, but switching a card to rest mode force and you're just burning like like turns your opponent has, and you again, as Benny was saying, the deck draws a lot of cards. You eventually like, it's not a deck that does anything particularly over the top. It's just a deck that can just grind you really well. I think the only over the like the the new kind of thing it can do is with the combination of cards such as the new counterplay Goku that taps something, mm -hmm. as well as existing poutine can set cards up for the new tells that come out and just you have really great board clear which yellow hasn't really had before. So as like a mono yellow, that's actually like a viable option now, which is quite nice. Yeah, I think it like in a way it kind of reminds me of the uh, promo yellow Broly leader which is like was just <laughs> attack draw a card and take up to one life because you have the flexibility of awakening if you need to or if you don't want to you don't have to but <clears throat> i realistically feel like you could print that skill on just about any colored leader and that leader would probably end up becoming one of the better leaders for that yeah. respective color in a lot of cases yeah. and probably my argument for why high dragon is so good is because it doesn't need uh like its engine is literally four vanilla cards. Yeah. Like it, you, you know, yeah. you, you run four vanilla cards for it and then you run 46 of the best yellow cards you can squish into a deck and then you, you're good to go. Sure. And that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with a lot of other leaders, it, some of the effects or some of the things that you want to do are kind of tied to potentially eight to 12 to 16 cards that you need to fit into that deck a la a 16 which needs a bunch of blue green androids or whatever for it to actually function so it doesn't have the flexibility in deck building so every time they print another like good generic-ish yellow card bang straight into into higher dragon and yeah. off it goes like yeah. it yeah yeah and it has to be noted, it's also got the Saiyan tag, and I believe the Earthling tag, if I'm not mistaken, which are historically... Uh, it also has the monster tag, if you're wondering. And the monster tag, yeah. Uh, but Saiyan especially is a very well-supported type. You know, we talked about how one of the breakouts set 15 cards from this weekend was the uh, Turles. Turns out that card was a bit stronger than I had. <laughs> I had predicted it, I'll, I'll wear that, I'll wear that, but uh, that does require a card kind of sucks. It's locked to you, Saiyan leader only. <laughs> you can't play it in Golden Freeza. It's a bad card. Say, it, it's, it is a yellow Saiyan leader, though, so... Uh, that would have been different if, you know, Higher Dragon was, as I was saying, anything else, so. Yeah, yeah so did um, did Andrew Duvall, did he use any, uh, I had a quick look at his list, but nothing really stood out to me too unusual, but did he, anything new text that you guys didn't expect that would have helped him get over the line? Um, again, the only thing that was, like, unique from Andrew Duvall's list is his sideboard was just actually just like, yeah, look, I'm not doing cell <laughs> search. <laughs> like, it's just so, actually just anti-hand destruction, which is quite quite interesting it's it's really funny when you think about it actually because we're just raving on it's like this deck just so, draws so many cards but andrew devolves like sitting is like wait a minute what if i draw just more cards <laughs> you know <laughs> so i think that's pretty funny that, that was probably the most notable thing about his i think cycle. another notable thing for me is that he did mean uh four weeks so i was thinking is that mm. a good that, he must have been expecting a lot of soul striker and golden freezer so like yeah. i don't think anyone i don't know anyone that mains four weeks because originally i was only playing two in my uh, main list, 
Yeah. I didn't even slide any. I thought maybe I can just slide them out for like, you know, something like the last straw. Yeah. And then, you know, go for like a, a aggro route if you're versing hand control. But then, yeah, it turns out like that, you know, when he main four of them, I was like, yeah, he must be expecting a lot of our soul striker and golden breezer. Yeah, it must yeah. be a good metaphor. Yeah. And that was actually a pretty. Oh, sorry. No, you're right, man. Go for it. Yeah, I was just saying that was just looking over some of the decks actually a pretty common medical for the higher dragon decks. It wasn't just Duval. So, yeah, whether they thought that they were, as Benny said, fighting a lot of uh, Golden Freezer and Soul Striker and stuff like that, whether they thought that uh, they just wanted an extra cantrip to do something with turn one and this was just the one with the best upside, who knows? But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a heads up thing. I would like to see how it went for them throughout the weekend, how often the secondary effect came up, etc. Yeah, I think um, it just that just points to the strength of the deck itself. Like, if you can afford to have 60-70% of your sideboards like de dedicated specifically to one sort of realistically oh, probably a 50-50 matchup, like, Cell Surge into like, I played it tonight, I played into Icarus a few times tonight, like, doing a bit of testing and I think I went, yeah, I went 1-1 with Cell Surge against it, so um yeah, like if you don't have to dedicate too many slots in your sideboard to different matchups, if you can kind of focus on one bad one and feel confident going into the rest, then it just shows how strong the deck is itself. Yeah, I was going to say as well, like back on that point, it's like, um, even like, um, it just kind of tells that like the two biggest decks that majority of the players were worried about were, was Cell Surge and also Soul Striker. So that's probably, again, his sideboard is dedicated to Cell Surge and he had a mainboard tech. Um, to do a soul striker, but again, like that just shows that, like, I, literally, as Glenn was saying, if you have the freedom to put like counter deck cards depending on the meta in your main board, well, like, that's pretty nice, you know, it just gives you just so much more flexibility. Yeah, so, um, another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, like, we hyped up Red Broly a lot last week, um, and that, you know, didn't really have much representation at all in the top table, so we're like. Did people just was that just a sort of coincidence? People just saying, uh, you know, it's not the most reliable deck. I'm not going to play it. Or did it just sort of get snuffed out early by the other decks that have a bad matchup into yellow? Or how come we didn't see much red body? Pretty bad into yellow. Like when me and when I was playing with John, like we were talking about it last week as well. Like uh, I played a uh, higher dragon. He played red Broly. It just seemed like red Broly was. It's pretty hard to beat higher dragon because, um, especially with the new steadfast Goku, so the blocker one. So literally, you can like press one of their crit guys and block a crit guy, which is which it's already insane just by itself. Yeah. So I think if and I think I'm pretty sure High Dragon was the most represented deck in the. Yeah, I think whole room, I think right? High Dragon's the most popular deck right now. Um, yeah, I think what Benny says right, like it's actually a fairly difficult matchup into High Dragon. I um, I was thinking like as we said before, Soul Striker and Soul Surge were two of the most more popular decks. I think Red Broly has a pretty good matchup into both of those. Um, specifically Soul Striker, I think sometimes you can actually just win that matchup for free. But um, with Higher Dragon just kind of chilling there, you know, just being so disruptive, just like, you know, limiting what Red Broly's aggression, aggressive options are, and you will just eventually outvalue them out every single phase of the game. You just kind of just get um, snuffed out by that. So I think that's part of the reason why Red Broly wasn't as good. Yep, fair enough. Um, I think we're we're getting we're running low on time. Um, just one thing before before we uh, wrap it up. So obviously, Aussie event is a webcam event. So I just wanted you guys just to say, um, maybe give some advice on like what to look out for in terms of cheating, like your your opponent's cheating, like because there's huge prizes on the line. 
it's you know it's pretty it's you know there's not much regulation where someone's in their bedroom with a webcam like what um what, what would you guys say on what to look out for for cheating for me like one thing that i would just you sort of have to just be like arrogant with your opponent like you know if they're not showing their hand you know demand that they show their hand you know if they're doing something dodgy you know like demand they count you know they count this or like you sort of have to just probably get a bit almost just like yeah bullish with your opponent on the making sure that you can like keep track of everything what do you guys reckon uh john i think that's like yeah like i, I <laughs> i've talked about this before like i think like yeah cheating is just not a, a nice thing to do you shouldn't do it and it's kind of sad that um everywhere else in the world is getting to play their real life nats or we're kind of just stuck in um like doing webcam that just is what it is but yeah i think um you just have to make sure that you are like you kind of do have to if you think your opponent is being a little bit shady or something is not quite right you have to i do agree with what jesse's saying being like make your like try and force your opponent to have and also do this for yourself as well make sure like your your game state is clean easy to see nothing in the way make sure you got clear open space plenty of room in the desk because there's so many people that just like literally just point the webcam down like move all their keyboard and shit out of the way and it's like it's it's okay but it's a bit messy try and dedicate like a bit of room on your desk for the event just so like you know there's nothing that can like interfere um with like your setup right and try and kind of enforce that on your opponent as well kind of like if something's not right just be like oh dude can you like adjust your camera can you do x y whatever so i think you need to just be um don't be hesitant to call your the uh, your opponent out if you think something's like not right, because it, as Jesse was saying, you're playing for like a very valuable prizing. So I think it is worth to be you know a bit you know like try and you know make your opponent get their shit together kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I think anyway. um, paying attention when they're sideboarding as difficult as that will be because you'll probably be in the middle of doing your own sideboard, but like that's that's probably where the the most like creative uh i guess deck editing might happen because <laughs> you know someone might have an extra four or five cards just off camera that they snatch in to chuck into their deck based on the matchup so yeah if something strikes you as a little bit odd um you can always get a judge and they can maybe do a deck check or something if they have to but yeah that's probably the biggest risk is just people getting some extra stuff that isn't actually in their official sideboard yeah yeah, just quickly, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Like, I actually think a lot of the Aussie players are. You know, everyone's everyone's great. Like a great guy. Like, uh, I don't actually think anyone. You know, anyone uh, that we know will cheat. But just like, just 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 in case. Yeah, but no, a lot of that, I didn't want to. Not accusing anyone of being shady. Just for the record. Yep. Um, the two tips that I definitely have here are one. Uh, be wary of any time you think your opponent might be leading you. Like, if they're very insistent, like, oh, I'll just cut in the middle or whatever, maybe call them out and be like, no, do it in thirds, just because if they're doing some sleight-of-hand stuff, they want to make it look above board, but that's a very easy way to do that. The other thing is, even if your opponent makes what it... And this goes for both uh, webcam and uh, in-person events. Even if your opponent makes what seems like an innocent mistake, you know, they get the card of the effect of a card wrong in a way that benefits them, that sort of thing... Call a judge anyway, just to get it on the record, because that way, if they're if this is a pattern, if they're doing it throughout the event or throughout uh, multiple events, it's going to get picked up. But if it's just them like making an honest mistake, they're just going to get a warning. It's just going to get resolved. And also, if it turns out they have been cheating or whatever, and there are some punishments that need to be resolved, it helps cover your ass in, in the event you need that. 
Yeah, yeah. So don't be don't be scared to call judges. Yeah. You saying? Yeah. Never be scared to call a judge. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um. Yeah, pretty much you guys have everything. I think the main thing is like what John said. Actually, like you know, like make sure you have a clean space and your opponent has a clean space. Like honestly, if they don't have a clean space, it's really hard for you to actually see like their stuff as well, and that takes more time and it's more time consuming. And like you know, sixty five minutes is not enough for best of three. Oh, unless you're like winning like two zero pretty speed quickly, run any but... percent Nash nationals you know? <laughs> yeah I think like yeah I think all the judges might have to like try to enforce like you know like I I've seen a lot of I've seen I've played in a lot of webcams I've seen so many setups where literally you can only see like what John said like you tilt the webcam down you can't even see where their hands have gone like like their their hands is nowhere to be seen but like I'm not accusing anyone of like whatever, whatever, but like you know, I always try to have like the cleanest of setup. Like, yeah. you can probably see me like grabbing my like water bottle and stuff. Like, there's like literally nothing around me. Like, you know, I'm swimming in like the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, like, some people like, you can't see their setup. Like, if you do suspect anything, like what Will said as well, just call the judge and let them deal with it because you don't want to be accusing anyone of like, you know, anything that they're not of. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything to add, Glenn, or pretty much all been said? No, no, that's, uh, I think everyone's summed it up well. Yeah, I think, um, even though, uh, this is like kind of like, even though it is the national championship, um, just be a little bit more relaxed about it. It isn't going to be the same prestige as winning an in real life national, seeing as though it is webcam. Like, I, I can 100% say winning a national championship in my, like, your bedroom or your study will not feel the same as winning it in, like, a venue. So, like, just maybe just be a bit more relaxed going into it for your mental, you know. It's not, you might have a rough, like, whatever, or, like, if you're playing, might not be, like, the best performance. But it's not the end of the world. Again, it isn't going to be the most prestigious event because it is webcam. But So try and enjoy yourself a bit more and just try, you know, re relieve some of the stress that you would ha normally have, um, you know, like, real-life event. John, John's preparing, preparing himself to bomb out. Yeah, exactly. If I lose to nah, <laughs> webcam bro, it's, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, 2021's <laughs> a fake nuts. Fake nuts. <laughs> Talk to me when you want a real life nuts. <laughs> Losers, <laughs> catch it. <laughs> I, tell, no, I tell you no, what no, though, no. if one of you guys wins, I'll uh, I'll definitely take that though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if you win for sure, I'm just saying. I'm just saying before relaxed, you know. I'm just I'm just uh, you know disclaimer no, for no, myself. Very, yeah, very very true. <laughs> It's a shame. It's a shame. Like it a lot of shame. guys would um, be practicing a long time just to not, you know, get the same hype around their win. But, you know, uh, it's still going to be definitely, you know, me personally. I'm, you know, I'll have a lot of respect for anyone who wins. Like yeah. you could almost say webcam, you know, makes it harder because a lot of people would be able to focus more in real life. You know, you can see your opponent's board state like clearer. You can, you know, might impact your decisions just like not having to stare at a screen like. You know, even like blue light would sort of just like irritate your eyes after a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of things that could make a webcam event even more prestigious. But, uh, yeah, so I, no, again, just good luck to everyone, everyone participating. I uh, can't wait for the weekend. It's going to be, yeah. going to be a good time. Uh, oh, do we know, actually, is there any... well, can I put yeah. one more note out there? So, I was going to say for those that are, I, re I moved my setup from actually, I used to play upstairs. Just in case I disconnect, because it's a dead zone up there. I know. So yeah. I moved my setup downstairs where I have the strongest internet connection. Like, if you disconnect, you will probably be keeping a game loss, just to yeah. let you know. There will be that strict, I reckon. So, yeah. yeah. I'm setting up two cameras for redundancy. I'm not taking any chances. Yeah, so have a backup plan. So, like, you know, like, if you can tell, like, your 
friends or family who's over, you know, maybe don't download a, a movie or something. Like, you know, because <laughs> it will lag you and you somehow disconnect, then it might be a GG. So, like, yeah, be prepared for that as well because um, there are, and obviously Discord is the most stable as well when there are uh, a huge influx of, like, you know, players playing, yeah. especially when there's, like, one channel with a lot of, lot of players coming in. Just everyone's chilling, yeah. Yeah, you will yeah. see a lot of lag. Uh, your opponent's screen will become pixelated, and yours will as well. So, what do you guys think about that? Actually, if you if you get if you just hear a bunch of people joining a server, like you're late in the round, and there's you know they're all specking your game, uh, is it fair enough to tell people to sort of like leave or yeah, hundred percent, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Waste of time though. But so I was actually I actually mentioned to Gaza, but I'm not sure if there's any way where they can turn the people who's joining in the channel like limited to like maybe like three. You two. can do that through Discord. You can, you can. I, okay, think the, yeah. I think the number you want to limit to is five, because let's just say now if it's a stream game, you have multiple people watching it as well. And then also if a judge needs to join in, I think it's a, the safest number is five. Yeah, maybe five is like, you know, still decent. You can have three people watching and they'll be fine. But then, yeah, yeah I think the more people that join, the worse the camera quality gets. I, I, yeah. I can assure you that. Like, yeah. I've literally, in the final of the last one, yeah, we literally had um, Judge Ryan in both our games. So what to say was like when I was looking at my camera, like from my screen here, uh, it's blurred. My opponent is pixelated, but when my opponent's looking at mine's, I'm pixelated. Yeah. But I like I can't see I'm pixelated, but he can't see he's pixelated. You know, like oh I thought your camera is bad, and he's like oh I thought your camera is bad. I'm like it's actually due to like yeah, this kind of a lot of problems as well. So like there's a lot of little minor things that you need to like, just look out for. Like you know having a judge, they can literally boot everyone like. So literally, like, we booted everyone outside. No one can join the channel except me, Peter, and Ryan was in there. That was it. Yep. So, always call a judge. Yeah. There to help. A judge call is not an accusation. If you take anything away from this this yeah. podcast, a judge call is not an accusation. Oh, yeah. Just make sure the game <laughs> is played to to the highest standard, which is what you want from a, from a Nationals-level event. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's good for today, guys. Do we have anything else we want to talk about, or we're we happy to call it here? No, um, just do you, do you want to just do a quick like updated, maybe like top five decks of what you'll see on the weekend after results from the US Nats? Uh, all right, boys. On the count of three, we'll say sixteen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all right. there's definitely definitely higher dragon that hasn't changed. Um, yeah. You know, will will less people be playing opting for things like cell surge and like I know it, it got one top, but like, would you were you expecting more tops from that? Will, will we see less cell surge in? Uh, I think um, I, I don't know. I think cell surge can still win it, but the problem with cell surge is that yeah. for best of three, that um, there's just so, so many sideboard cards that assist against the deck. That's why I only think there was only one top cut showing. Yeah. But um, I'm pretty confident with our top five from last time. I think that was still pretty good. I think we had. Mm. We had Gohan Icarus, we had Sin Shenron, we had Gogeta Zeno, we had Soul Striker, and I think Cell Surge. I think that was our top five from last week. I might have said Soul Surge though twice yeah. there. But um, I think I think the top five still stands from last week. Uh, even as as great as Jared did, I don't think there's a just a sixteen goat in OC just waiting to win nationals. <laughs> so. Actually, we did we did miss a uh, Gogeta Zeno. Did we? No, it was two Gogeta Zenos in top pro. Maybe, maybe like I think the only thing that changes with the tier list is that Red Broly just boots. I think like yeah, if yeah. Gohan Icarus is chilling, um, yeah. then probably no Broly show. I will 
I will say a factor with both Cell Search and Red Broly, though, is since we are on webcam, we are on a bit of a time crunch. Red Broly, it wins quickly or it loses quickly, and that might be something <laughs> players want just to get their games finished. Yeah. And with Cell Search, I do think that sideboards are going to be less impactful. Again, with these new rules, uh, game uh, going to game two and winning it after sideboard is a lot harder, or even going for a draw off sideboard is a lot harder. Yeah. And with the relatively small amount of time, the fact that sideboards are going to be harder to use, we might see some players playing Cell Surge to try and prey on that and try to mm. treat it as the best of one, you know, stall out that first game. Not on a slow play way, but in a like, you know, maybe... Take your time maybe not swing, Yeah, not swinging every turn, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if that's a factor and how much the, uh, the web canvas live... Uh, makes a factor between the top cuts here and in the US. I've just thought of one thing. I don't know. I don't want yeah. you guys to give away your secrets, but um, so two problem, two cards that come up a lot: uh, mm -hmm. Goku, Steadfast Assistance, and Turtles, All Too Easy. So you got mm -hmm. you guys. You know, have you sort of worked out locals this week or anything? How to like play around that or anything? You know, sort of like you know that is there? Any, you got any tips to against those cards because they seem pretty powerful. Yeah, you just start well, and check I'm good, your opponent's hand. Because I don't hand. play battle cards. <laughs> oh, true. No, you just um, you just go um, just call it a day, just scoop. Literally, I was gonna, I was gonna say as well. You know, on the stream was pretty funny because like every time like that when Turles tries to get played, like he always gets God Yeah, <laughs> that, oh, was yeah, pretty, yeah. Sad. that was pretty. That was pretty funny. Actually. Pretty yeah, funny yeah. though. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. Um, no, it's like they're just pretty good cards. I think you can't really play around. I think red in de by default just answers it for free. But like, I think it's not. It's not too bad. It's kind of like how you just played around counterplays before. There's nothing too different. Like, playing around this Steadfast Goku is kind of the same as playing around the free counterplay Vegeta or Giant Ball. It's like, not the end of the world. It's annoying, but it's still doable. It's still what you were doing before. You know? Just play cards with Deflect. Problem solved. Yeah. Uh, no, and I think that's exactly it. They both have the very obvious weakness of Deflect and Barrier. Turles only deals with rested cards, so you either have to get them into rest or have them already be in rest. Like... As reductive as this sounds, they're bad against good cards. Like, that's just it. If you're playing... Well, no, what I'm saying is, like, a lot of... <laughs> uh, let me unpack that. A lot of decks are incentivized to play a lot of, like, very cheap, very fast, but very, like, low-quality cards. You know, the power comes in aggregate or speed. The Goku and the Turles are very good against that sort of thing, but they're not as good as cards that are a bit more expensive and a bit more, sort of, high-value, as it were. So that's, I guess, it. But yeah. aside from that, you know, they're good cards, but they're answers, they're not solutions for the most part. So, yeah. you know, they help, but they're never really going to be the thing that's winning you the game most of the time. Turlers sometimes, but Goku, almost definitely not. Yeah, I agree to that. They're just good staple cards. I think, like, it's kind of just like how you kind of play around counterplayers. Like, you can't really play around Turles, just border clear or whatever, but like, Goku is kind of just how you play around counterplayers. It's all good, is what it is. Yeah. You play around it by going, search top five. Oh shit, okay. Draw a card, pitch a card, <laughs> pass <Yeah>. them. <laughs> no, no, and you forgot, the, you forgot the bit where he's over effect from the drop area. Oh, this is true, this is true. true. That's, you know, Draw a card, don't take a life, pass oh. time. Oh, yeah, there we go, then you get there. Last thing for me, guys, yeah, just, um, I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys play. Uh, good luck again. Um, Collector Company Card Gaming Hype, hopefully we can get some get some tops. Looking forward uh, to Benny's victory straight speech this year. It was beautiful. Nah, I think I think Glenn's got it this time. You know, like, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, you know, if Glenn, you know that if Glenn gets to, so if you've been watching all these episodes, if Glenn gets to turn three, he should win the game. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to turn three, he's chilling. Tonight, I love, I love tonight in two games, 
tonight in two games, I had someone at eight life still on like turn four, and then I killed them from eight life on turn four. True. <laughs> oh, I love True. those games. Though. Oh, yeah. I hurt my soul. Like that sentence made me want to throw up. That was disgusting. It's it's, it's really gross. <laughs> Funny. All right, I think we're good to call it there. So, um, yeah, mm. if you guys stick around for the entire time, thank you so much for listening. Um, the quote of the week will be Glenn kills people from eight life, you know, just ends their career. Just, you know, say that if you watch the whole thing. <laughs> and, um, yeah, of course, hopefully we all do really well at this week's nationals. Um, it should be a lot of fun regardless that it is webcam. It's uh, always fun to get into the DBS grind. And until next week, guys, we'll give you the update with uh, Benny's victory speech, and we'll see you all next mm-hmm. time. <laughs> so. See you guys. Peace. Good luck. Good luck, everyone. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs>